Inga Walker, MD, psychiatrist, speaker, writer, and we're excited about the guest, Wendy. We've got a great guest today. We do have a great guest today. Hey, Gaines is- Beard, who's going to talk to us about everything. Uh, he was a pro golfer. He missed the, the uh, U.S. Open three times by one stroke, and wow. he has on his license plate, one stroke, right, right again? Well, yeah, I, I used to. I used to. But uh, those days are far behind. Now, Gaines is going to talk to us about how to have an office at home. and uh, How to be very productive while there's many distractions around. Right. Yeah, yeah well, right. Um, Let's go for it. but my, 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 my history is I went to school as an engineering at North Carolina State, graduated in 1970. My family had a conveyor manufacturing company which was the largest in, in the in the country, uh, making bottling equipment for uh, bottling can plants, and our biggest customer was Anheuser-Busch. So in the summers, I worked for the family, and then I went to engineering school because of my family business. But when I got out, and I hankering to uh, be a golf pro, and so I got a job in Myrtle Beach as an assistant pro. Did that for a few years. I tried my hand at the, at the tour, but uh, uh, that difficulty didn't pan out. And so then I came back to my hometown, Salisbury, North Carolina, and went to work for my family. Uh, fast forward to 1982. Now, let's go back because you told me this. You went to work with your family, but you started at bottom. Oh, yeah. I started in the plant with my name Gaines on a little blue shirt, and I had to punch the clock. And mm-hmm. I was told by my uncle who ran the company, you're not a beard. Do not act like your beard. Do not. And he said, you're going to have to work harder than anybody else in the plant to gain their respect. Right. So that's what happened. And, and, and I did. And, uh, so I, I, I advanced up in the, uh, uh, ranks and I became a sales engineer and I had two major accounts that I was handling for the family business. One was Coca-Cola in Atlanta, Coke parent company. The other was Pepsi-Cola up in White Plains, New York. Wow. So I handled two huge accounts. Wow. And competitors. That's interesting. Yeah, competitors yeah. too. <laughs> that's, that's true. And so I got my, I got my beak wet in, in sales and salesmanship by, by dealing with, with these customers. And, uh, uh, 1982, Litton Industries came along and bought our company. So, uh, I was out of a job for about a week and then Litton hired me to be the product manager for the conveyor business to be able to go around the country and teach their salesmen how to sell that product. Anyway, so I was in the engineering business, and then I got a job with American Bottlers Equipment out of Baltimore as their southeastern regional regional manager. So that was in 1986, and that's when I had a home office. So I was covering the southeast out of my home office. That is that was very unusual. It was very home office in '86 was weird. I mean, you know, well, yes, unusual, unusual. Well, I mean, unusual, weird, whatever you want to call it. The 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 thing that was so much different than today. Today, a lot of people have home offices. A lot of it was created created by the COVID uh, situation and and working from home. But back in 1986, uh, working from home, you had a, a dial phone, you had a Rolodex. You didn't have a cell phone. You didn't have a computer. Right. You didn't, you didn't know about these things. You had a car, and you'd dr- start driving. You'd make cold calls. Uh, one uh, one interesting story is I was in a, a national sales meeting at, up in Baltimore with with the with the company, and I wanted to get a, a, a cell phone. Back then, there were bag phones. 
They were they were about the size of a briefcase. Of a shoebox. I, I remember, remember uh, <laughs> playing golf with one. I was playing golf with one of those huge old phones, and I was carrying that in my golf cart. And the phone rang, and the hospital called me. I had to go leave the golf. I, I said, "My gosh, why did they invent these things?" <laughs> and so you threw it in the trash immediately, right? <laughs> so the story goes in the sales meeting. I said. Uh, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a, a, cell, a cell phone, back phone, and I'd like to write it off my expenses. And the president of the company at the time said, there's no way we're going to buy you boys uh, bag phones. So that you can sell like everybody's sold forever. And so I looked at him. I said, well, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to be driving by the interstate, down the interstate, and I'm going to see a, a plant that I know buys our equipment. It's raining cats and dogs. Uh, I'm not going to go to the front door and say, uh, who's the engineering manager or who's the director of manufacturing? You should know that before you make a cold call. So now I have to find a payphone, and I hope to have a quarter in my pocket. And it's raining cats and dogs, and the payphones are outside. Generally, they're in a phone booth. And you got to hope that there's a, a phone book that weighs 10 pounds in it that you could look up that plant, <laughs> make a phone call, get the information. I said, I'm not doing that. You're gonna, educating the millennials. Right I, now. Yeah, <laughs> I said, I am not doing that. I said, I'm going to buy my own cell phone, and it'll be in my expense account somehow or another. You just have to find it. Nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> the phone's in there. You find it. Yeah. So uh, uh, that was the beginning of, of, of automating my process. But the thing about having a home office that I found most difficult was being able to stay focused and engaged. I mean, I had a golf course right outside my window. I had two boys, uh, young children, and, mm-hmm. and a wife at home. And I had a beautiful office set up, set aside from any noise. But uh, staying focused and staying energized without, without a boss over your shoulder telling you what to do was very difficult. So what advice do you have? What did you learn from that? Well, what I, what I ended up doing was what a lot of salespeople did back then is I looked out at books and tapes, cassette tapes about sales. And one of the greatest ones that I found was by Tony Robbins. Yes. And he did a series called Secrets of Success or Successful Sales. Hey, James, I want to interrupt you right there because I did a Nightingale Conant tape, one of those big old tapes that she had. And I did it, and they made me read everything. I can't read something instead of talking. Okay, so here I am. I read my thing. It was uh, six hours of tapes, you know. And then they put a demo tape out, and on one side was Tony Robbins, and the other side was John Walker reading something. So Tony Robbins was real excited, and here's John Walker, go to the house. <laughs> so anyway, they interrupt you. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you got Tony Robbins. So you got and, uh, and everybody knows who Tony Robbins right, is right, today. Yeah, right. uh, and then I read uh, several other books. One by Deepak Chopra mm-hmm. uh, and then Ogmandingo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a famous sales book. Very and famous. He had yeah. a book called uh, "Get Around to It." Get yeah. around to it. In the in the cover of the book was pay, taped a, uh, a a thing that looked like a poker chip orange, and it said "To It" on it. <laughs> it was a round to it, mm-hmm. and so you carried this in your pocket. Ah, uh, 
dog. Oh, so you always, when you, when you when you reach in your pocket, you always had a round to it. Okay, that was brilliant. Hey, I hadn't seen that. I've seen Ogman in his books, but I hadn't seen that one. Yeah, me neither. That's good. And then round to it. And then I read Dale Carnegie's How to Make Friends and Influence People. So. By reading the sales and, and inspiration, inspiration mainly right. gets you jacked up and, yeah. and right. excited about what you're doing and trying not to feel uncomfortable about failure. Mm-hmm. Failure, failure, the uncomfortable feeling you have about failure is you put it on yourself. Yeah. Nobody t- t- tells you you're going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, so that's what well, I. Let me ask you that. Uh, did you listen to those tapes in the car like abso- I did? Absolutely. Yeah. I listened to them all the time in the car going back and forth to work. Yeah. More, more than once. Yeah. I listened yeah. to them more than once. And uh, so I also read uh, uh, to, to find customers rather than heading up and down the highway, you know, trying to find uh, places to stop. I use trade magazines and uh, uh, trade uh periodicals to find out, well, the plant's opening up in, in Fayetteville. Uh, they make uh, business machines. Well, I know they need conveyor, too. I mean, they didn't bottle and didn't can, but they, they move things in the mm-hmm. plant. So I branched out to a lot of different industries, and I have, I have to say I cannot fathom a guess of how many different types of industries I have sold conveyor in, from nail polish to uh Triple A batteries and, and any, anything you anything in the grocery store shelf has to be have packaged. a conveyor belt. Now, didn't you have to set those things up too and show them how to do the engineering? I, I uh, ended up uh, engineering uh, the 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 machinery that I was going to sell. I had to engineer the plan of the conveyor, and then I would buy the conveyor from a manufacturing company. I would resell it to the uh, end user, and then I would sell. Uh, installation supervision if they wanted me to be on plan at the time. And I would also sell installation, the whole service, the turnkey. I'd sell the installation. I'd sell the electrical controls and programming, uh, basically soups to nuts. Well, so, but Gaines, it, it's a lot of difference between a conveyor belt for Coca-Cola and a conveyor belt for uh, fingernail polish. I mean, that that's pretty, you have to be pretty smart to it, do that. Well, it's smaller. Okay, the product, but you had to be product, smart to product, set product, it up. But well, you know, I did uh, Linux China. Okay, uh-huh. Linux China. You're, you're doing Linux China. Well, you can't have them back up and everything and hit one another. So there is a different type of, of automation that you use for different uh, types of products that you're conveying. And I learned a little. You know, I learned that over over. Man, that, over that, the year. that shows how smart you are. I'm, I'm going to rub up closer and get my IQ to go. <laughs> I mean, my goodness gracious. Now, tell us about working at home some more, uh, some more tips. About- okay, here, here is what really made me uh, successful, uh, and, and I recommend this even to this day. I would not start my day unless I made a things-to-do list. Mm-hmm. This list was not personal things. This list was business things. I also had a column over the other side that I did have personal things, like I need to pick up the dry cleaning, mm-hmm. etc. Sure. but... I would start the day and I would number one, two, three, not in the order of, of, of importance, but as I thought of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I may have like eight things on my things to do list for that day. Well, that gave me a rudder in the water. I, one of these, one of these phrases I learned is that, uh, if you don't have your rudder in the water, the wind's going to blow you all over the lake like you were a leaf. Right. Hey, Gaines, let me tell you, say it was done at Yale. Yale studied these people longitudinally, okay, over a course of 25 years. 
And uh, they studied all the people, and they found one group that was much more successful than the other group. Um, And the group that was most successful did this. They made the group that, that was successful individually, that individual in that group, made more money than all the other people in the other group combined. I, do, I, I That's amazing. And okay, I, okay. And they but, did it out. Yeah, okay. So what they did is they found out that those people that were successful wrote their goals down, and then they looked at their goals and made a list and number that list in number of importance, and they asked themselves, what's important now? So everybody has goals, but goals are just dreams unless you ask yourself, unless you write down the ways to achieve those goals like you did and number those things like you did. Yeah, I made a mistake. I did number them as important. I would write them down, and then I would number them. That's correct. I did number them. Well, but, yeah, you write them down, then you would number one, two, three. Right. And uh, a lot of people, what they do is they do the – the task, the, the best, the most important task might be the hardest, okay? And they put off the hardest and do the easy ones first. Like some people will pick up their grocery list and do that first, right? But so you order them in number of importance, and that one that's important might be the most hard one to do, but you get that done, you're okay. Mm-hmm. And if it's a long one, a long task, you you choose the Swiss cheese approach. <laughs> Just take a bite out of it little by little uh, and then get that done. You might not be able to get your most important project done that one day because it may be, you know, take you several mm-hmm. weeks yeah. and so forth. Right. Uh, but then you go on number two and so forth. So, so keep on going. I'm sorry to yeah, interrupt the, you the there. Che- but- the cheese analogy I used, uh, it's like eating an elephant. You have to eat an elephant one bite at a time. Right. All right. So the most important one on your list, if it is your hardest, I reached in my pocket and I found that around to it. And I said, (laughs) I've got to get around to it. If I put it off, then I'm procrastinating. Uh And if I procrastinate, this list is no good. Yes. I've got to do it now. So I would do. How do you prevent procrastination? Yeah, that's a good one. List. You got to. Well, you don't get you don't get sidetracked, and procrastination is because you're putting it off because you don't want to do it. Right. Okay, but you know you have to do it, and so the the one thing that makes you feel so good is when you accomplish something that you, was difficult and you didn't want to do, and you get it out of the way, and then the rest of your things you just slide through like going down a ski slope, and then you have it done. But at the end of the day, um, the next morning I would go to work, go back to my office. And if there wasn't any, if there were things still on that list that I had not completed, they went on the new list for the new day. Right. Okay. Right. And so uh, that was that was one thing, making a things to do list and having goals. Now the next thing that I did is I found at a uh, office supply place a tele a telephone log, three ring telephone log thing, and what it was is that you would have a a, a square that would tell you. It, what the, what time the phone call happened? Did you call who or who called you? And then over to the left was a, a, a paragraph, a, a blank, and you describe what you discussed. And then uh, that you always wrote down every phone call. This became very important because 
you know, after a day or two, you're going to say, well, wait a minute. Yeah, call what, that person. What did they I say? Had so many, yeah. What did we discuss there? Yeah. Because I might have said something different to a different customer. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not keeping your lives straight. It's trying to remember <laughs> remember what you told to whom. Exactly. And so the telephone log, along with uh, having the things to do list, were my two Bibles yeah. of, of business. But that's about it as far as how I learned to work from home. Uh, the, uh, today, people have the, the computers. I didn't have a computer. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a uh, handheld calculator. I actually had wow. a s- slide rule. Wow. Okay, yeah, it's, I'm a caveman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a drawing board in my hey, office. Hey, well, again, say this about uh, the people now. You know, the computer is a great way to procrastinate, and you can go down rabbit holes all the time. How do you keep focused on what you want to work on with your computer without going down rabbit holes? That's- I still use a I still use a notepad where I do my things to do list, and I still write my phone log on on paper. Yeah. The computer I use to send emails right. and to look up some uh, information that I need relative to sales. Yeah. Okay. And and relative to that customer. Sometimes I'll get a lead and it and it's some ABC company over in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Well I want to know what they make. So I yeah. go to their website. So I use I use it as a tool like everybody does to surf the net uh and get more information at your fingertips. Back in my day, you would have to go to the public library. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's yeah. a, that's, that's a place folks where you would go to the library. <laughs> And they had a thing called they the call, encyclopedia. And, and they had also a card index, remember? <laughs> That's right. Card uh, catalog. But, um, <laughs> the Dewey but, Decimal hey, System. Here, here's another thing. Vicky and I, uh, Vicky, Wendy and I, Vicky's my wife. Wendy's my daughter. Wendy and I were talking about uh, deep mind. or Was that it? Deep, deep mind, work. Deep work. Deep mm-hmm. work. And in that book, uh, he what was the author's name? Uh, like Powell Newport. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Great book. Uh, a great book. You'll really like good. It. But you can read that book. I read it in uh, an hour because I went through it and read all the important things. But one of the things he said was very crucial. He said that most companies can get their work done 20% of the time. In other words, if you go to work, you're, 80% of the time is wasted. It's wasted either on going to meetings, which is a huge waste. Meetings, they ought to do away with all meetings. Meetings are a huge waste. Some are necessary, but I well, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, going to meetings are just dilly-dallying around, and if you really focused, you would get your work done in 20% of the time, 20% of your eight hours. So working at home is valuable because you, you really can do a full day's work in two hours. Yeah. You get what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, you yeah, you, say focus. Yeah. Your time is more centered. Uh, you know, at work you're taking a smoke break, yeah. or you or you're taking a bathroom break, and you end up standing around the coffee machine and chit chatting with your friend and talking about your children, and you just waste time. Now, um, I, I will say one thing, uh, Gaines, that uh, we and I've said this before, but it's worth repeating that our brain tends to go into REM activity, you know, sleep activity. Mm-hmm about every 90 minutes. So um, it's good to take a break about every 90 minutes, uh, but not a long break, just yeah. a little break. Right. To get it. Now, my problem, Gaines, is when I get into something, and I say I'm riding, and I get into that riding, and I get into a zone, I can be in that zone for four or five hours, but I guess it's okay because I'm 
zoning out. Well, you know? and well, you're productive. And, yeah, and, right. and productive. You're, you've got your eye on the ball. You're right. in flow. Yeah, exactly. In flow, in, in flow, which is another book we read. Yeah. yeah. When well, you, here's, yeah, here's, I want to recap what I've learned from you today, Gaines. Okay. Uh, a few things, a few nuggets I've taken away from our conversation today. One is that you spent your, what could be an unproductive, wasteful time in the car driving, feeding your mind and feeding your, um, uh, you would motivate yourself with this these tapes. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's a great use of what could have been just, you know, time spent this wasted. Music or something. You are feeding, you know, you're motivating yourself and getting yourself re- ready for that sale yeah. and uh, learning. So that was one thing. Another thing that I took away is your to-do list and uh, how that helped you stay on focus by writing down in the morning, every morning, what were your goals for that day and then ordering those in, of importance, in order of importance and tackling the most difficult but most important one first so that that could uh, give you the momentum to keep going. Because I think you're right. When you get that first win, it's easy to keep going. No, that's true. Yeah, Absolutely. But if you put off and procrastinate if, on if the you have, If you leave the tough one till last, you yeah. worry about the last one all the time so that you're doing the other ones that are easy. Right. You've always got it hanging over you. Yeah, that's so right. Well you you always got monkeys on your back. Just monkey, monkey, monkey. You got a monkey carrying a monkey around on your back. <laughs> how did that sound again? What did you got? I don't know how okay, to sound. Chirp, 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 chirp. Because in the back of you, there's your monkey on your back. You hadn't got that thing done, but it's bothering you. You go home, try to watch TV, and that monkey's still on your back. You try mm-hmm. to go to bed. That monkey won't let you sleep, you know. Yeah, you do it now and get around to it. do it. Now get rid of those monkeys. That's right. Yeah, they don't mess on you. But, so now uh, I'm going to go get around to it. That's it. That's awesome. I love that. I love that round to it. That's all it um, says. It says T-U-I-T. Now you Wendy, make your own with a poker chip, that's right? right. Now, Wendy, do you have anything to sum up of what I said? I mean, I said something. Something you could sum up. Well, Gaines, it's been great being with you, man. We're going to have you back because we've got a lot more things we could talk about with you. But those tips are so important. The issue is follow the people that do those are going to be one of the 3% Yale students who made more money than all the other 97% combined. So you gave the secret of being successful and wealthy right there. And we hope people will listen to it because it is probably the most valuable advice we have heard on the podcast, what you just said today. And we thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that. I didn't make up any of this. It was stuff that I'd heard and learned, but I forced myself to uh, educate myself because I had no one else to do it for me. And you put it into practice. And you put it it into practice. That's the key. I certainly do. Thank you. Thank you. It was great being with you, John. I can't wait to do it again, and we'll uh, maybe uh, laugh a little bit next time. (laughs) Yeah, next time we'll have more fun. Okay. Uh, We were too serious this time. Yeah. Okay, Wendy, we ready to quit? We are. Thank you. Hey, and thanks for Guys, and thanks for being with us and listening to us. We've got good podcasts. Every every one of them is good.